Welcome to the Real World Gamecast. I'm Bo Bailey, along with Kelvin Hoskin, here to bring you this week's top stories in gaming news. This week we'll be taking a look at the new releases that came out on October 27th, a big day in releases. Um, we'll also be taking a look at uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Uh, Kelvin, what else do we got? Um, we've also got new stadiums and how they're becoming more accommodating for the gaming <coughs> community. And, of course, a uh, big story from the last two, EA kills game. <laughs> Alright, without further ado, we will begin. Alright, so, first up, big releases of this week. So, um, this isn't something we're going to try to do every week, but we figured today there was so much stuff coming out, so many big name titles that we just mm-hmm. had to like dive on into it and just go ahead. Yeah. Um, what do we have? We got Assassin's Creed Origins, yep. which is a complete reworking of Assassin's Creed as it was before. I wouldn't say complete reworking. I would even say, yeah. They've changed up a lot from the game. Um, they definitely have. They've definitely gone for a a more RPG style uh, game than we've seen in the past, especially in the recent past. With more recent Assassin's Creed games, which I think we can both agree have not been exactly uh, the pinnacle of gaming. I mean, almost identical to one another. <laughs> yeah. Almost identical with bugs and uh, yeah, I feel like Ubisoft, kind of as a publisher, had gotten to this point where they felt like they had this cookie cutter kind of like I don't know formula, I guess, for how to crank out a game efficiently, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where it was just boring and old. And and I I think even that applies to Far Cry as well. Like it kind of they. Did the same thing with Far Cry. It, yeah, I, they definitely do this like thing where they make like a home base area for the bad guys, and then you go in, you do a bunch of random side quest activities, and then maybe kill a couple bad people, and then you go on to the next section and do like the same thing. Right, exactly. And I, from what I understand, the new game, this and Assassin's Creed Origins, has similar elements to Far Cry, so it's got the like little areas that you have to capture, like you said, the little zones, and it's got the kind of <clears throat> that open-world aspect to it. it that's, the, that's probably the biggest concern, though. Is it going to just be another... Ubisoft uh, game? Right, Ubisoft open-world game, right, where it's just here's a bunch of stuff thrown at you. I don't like... I'm, from what I've been reading and what I've been seeing, uh, it looks like they've tried to go a little bit more RPG. A little bit. They learned a little bit from The Witcher. Yeah, that's kind of what it, it appears, at least, especially with the combat system. They've stepped away from the um, two-person animation style that they kind of had before, where you, like, you hit a button, and then you kind of, like, snap to the target, and then both of you kind of go through an animation where you're hitting him, and he's reacting, and vice versa. Um, then they've kind of switched up to the whole hitbox system that looks very similar to The Witcher. Um and as far as like how all the weapons are now, I, I feel like they've added a lot of diversity, um, which is kind of neat because the setting kind of allows that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I don't know how interesting the desert could be. They're going to have to do a lot with a lot of open space to make it not just a lot of open space. Sand. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Hopefully it's not just a big, you know. It's not just sand over sand. I mean, I think they. it looks like they've got a pretty decent eclectic areas, you know? It, like, Alexandria looks really different from some of the other, like, desert places that are kind yeah. of out there. Yeah. So, you know, it's a game that I'm I'm interested in. It's, again, reviews are pretty pretty solid for it so far. So it's definitely a, a, a game to take a look at. Right, it's something that I didn't pick up on day one, um, but I probably will down the line. It, I'll put it on my backlog for sure to come back and play it. Exactly. Um, I do feel like I want to watch some 
some Twitch streams and maybe a, a Let's Play. Kind of give it a look over and, and see kind of how much has changed. Um, now, I didn't play through Unity or um, what was the other one on the next-gen consoles? I don't even remember uh, right now. There was Unity and... Uh... Man, you're right. I don't even remember. <laughs> what that, I mean, I didn't play Unity either. I, the last one I played, like... <laughs> All the way through was Assassin's Creed Three, right? Um, um, and I I played all the way through Black Flag, and it was yeah. fun for oh to get through the story. It was fun, but I felt like after that it was just a lot of open ocean. Um, Syndicate, yeah. Syndicate was the other one. Syndicate, that's right. Which I think, from what I remember hearing, Syndicate and Unity were terrible. So I didn't even bother. I I trusted the reviews on that one. I felt like, from what I saw of it, again, I didn't play them, um, it looked like they were more testing out an engine and testing out the, like, capabilities of the next-gen consoles more so than they were focused on making a cohesive experience. Right. So, I don't know. Um, and feel free to disagree with me. Um, no, I do agree with you. I think I'm... Uh, yeah. I, I guess they were just trying things, but at the same time, not really changing. You know, like, they just didn't. I don't, they didn't execute, and uh, I think Origins is a little bit of a step in the right direction. What do you want to look at next? <laughs> uh, I say Mario Odyssey. I mean, that I think is in some ways the most exciting of the uh, upcoming releases. Mario Odyssey. Now I don't have a Switch, but I'm probably going to buy a Switch just for this game. And yeah. I'm going to go ahead and apologize. My dog is barking back there. I don't know what at, but I'm going to try to mute myself out when, he, when I'm not talking. So, Delvin, opinions? Uh, Mario Odyssey looks like, yet again, another smash hit from Nintendo. Um, from the things I've seen and things that I've watched and the time that I've looked into it, I mean... Uh, I remember Mario Galaxy and I remember Mario World. They're just, they take platforming to a completely new level. I mean, that is what Mario games do. They're able to just reinvent themselves every time and produce some absolutely really unique uh, experiences. Yeah, and sure. So that's, I don't think there's any way to kind of, <sighs> in some ways, it's, you can't beat. You can't Mario beat. Game. You can't beat. You can't beat a good Mario game. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've played everyone that has come out. Right. Um, and I almost missed Galaxy and Galaxy Two. Uh, but it wasn't like I I bought a a Wii like a couple years after it came out, and that was one of the two games iconically that I remember mm-hmm. playing through, um, and enjoying, and then going back and replaying through, a uh, one because like Allison really enjoys them. Um. And as someone in my household that doesn't like video games, she uh, she right, really enjoys the Mario something. games. Yeah. Um, and so she played through both of them, and a lot of times I was doing the you know little like we wand kind of thing, kind of just helping her collect star bits or whatever. It, but we we did both play through a three D world on the Wii U together, and. Um, I mean, even Sunshine was so different from Mario 64, and, like, each mm-hmm, one has definitely exactly. been a unique, a unique title. And I feel like <sighs> what I've seen of Mario Odyssey so far, the game itself is, is, is phenomenal. I, it seems like it kind of has, like, Looking, an open-world yeah. kind of feel to it. Where it, yeah, it does. It definitely does. That you got the different worlds you go to, but you're not kind of restricted to go like back and forth just because you got a star, you know, you can kind of or a moon or whatever they are. Um, you can just kind of keep going, and and they're all so different. Like each each kind of world that I've seen so far, you know, has got like a completely different setting. You know, the Tong City looks crazy. It's got real people in it. That aren't like right. chibi Mario squatty people. No, they're like actual um, people. Yeah, I mean it looks. It's it's really <sighs> quite interesting. Uh, it's an interesting direction. You know, I saw a little bit of like one of the snowy worlds, which was really cool. Um, and Mario can change his outfits. <laughs> I feel like that's neat too. Uh, because I saw two people playing on Kong City, and 
they were wearing different outfits. One was in like a pinstripe, you know, gangster suit, and the other was like looked like a construction worker. Um, so I like that they kind of give you a little <laughs> bit of a customizability, more or less, with Mario, and of course a lot of the mechanics with the hat that takes this whole thing really, really right. well. And I, I think that's a huge Mario staple is adding these new mechanics to the game, right? That really change, that really like add so much to the game and to the world. I think that's one thing Mario does just better than anybody else. And it's been doing it for 30 years, you know? I mean, I think it's also one of the most incredible things about the fact that Mario's been around for that long. Like, <laughs> and they're still making good Mario games. I mean, how many... There's no other franchise I think that can... I mean... It's, it's kind of funny that we followed Assassin's Creed with, with the Mario franchise because... They are, yeah, they are just, so different. So different. I mean, um, because Assassin's Creed is doing the same thing. They, they always have been. And then you look at Mario and what Nintendo does. And even like, Nintendo just does that in general, like across the board. Whether it's Zelda, whether it's, um, you know, some kind of crossover between Mario and the Rayman Rabbid things. Um, exactly. They try to find new ways to incorporate Mario into different situations. I mean, even exactly, even the Raymond Rabbids game, uh, or even the not Raymond, but even the Rabbids game, the Rabbids Mario game, is a lot of fun. I have a Switch. I've played that game. I will get Odyssey, um, but uh, even that game is like it's XCOM, but it's it's done in a really fun way. It's very well made. Like so, you can tell that Nintendo had. Ubisoft made the game, yes, but you can see that there was so much love for the characters in that game. So I think, and Mario Odyssey, there's just so much love, not only by the game makers for Mario, but I think it's such a massive community that, like, you know, you can't... You can't screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm glad that they don't screw it up anyways. I mean, we say that, though, but, like, you know, Star Wars is a beloved franchise, and so look what happened with Battlefront 1. Like, yeah, right. Star Wars is a beloved franchise, I mean, and look what happened with... Star Wars Episode One and Two, true. <laughs> um, but uh, let's uh, move right along now to uh, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein Two. I'm not hugely familiar with the Wolfenstein franchise. Wolfenstein is it Steen or Stein? Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Wolfenstein, um, for sure. I know it's got a lot to do with killing Nazis, and that's always fun. So. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, exactly. I think that um the new order looks or no that not, not the new order, excuse me, the new order was the original one. Right. The order the new order did look really good, but this game I think it's just following in the same footstep of the new order, you know, a, a action packed, story driven first person shooter game where you get to kill Nazis. I mean it doesn't really it's a pretty New Colossus, that's what it is. And yeah. I mean, it looks it looks interesting. Um, but like you said, it's, it's not really necessarily, it's not a game I would buy uh, for $60, but I know why some people would. Some people really I mean, love the... I'm not one to buy a single-player first-person shooter. Right, um, that's my biggest issue as well. I mean, I like... Well, I mean, like an exclusively single-player uh, first-person shooter. I like if I'm going to spend money on a shooter, it needs to be something that I can competitive competitively get online and play against other people. Because once you get through the story, it's just like, oh, great, I'm running around shooting Nazis again. Which I mean, I'm not. I don't want to sit here and bash Wolf uh, side because again, I have no kind of like history or background with it. I mean, I'm sure it's a fun game, and if I, I'll probably back log it and play it eventually exactly um i think i think i'm in the exact same boat it's it's not really my place to judge you know what i mean I, right and i'm not judging i really like a, a game that i really enjoyed that was a story driven single player first person shooter the bioshock games i really enjoyed playing bioshock the original and bioshock infinite <clears throat> and i think wolfenstein falls into a similar genre of game uh so i think that there's a ton of potential for it to be a ton of fun and a great story and that's that's one of the good things about it i think uh the creators of it said that like adding multiplayer would ruin the 
uh, narrative of the game. Right. So I'm not. You, you I'm would glad have to they did. find like a lore reason to have people right. fighting each other. Exactly. Wolfenstein is a completely different world. You know, mm-hmm. alternate history. You know, it's it's it's. That's what I think is the well, coolest thing about it. It's like here right. you are as an American wanting America back, right. and and you, you have get to fight to, Nazis. Yeah, so, you I have mean. to take it back from the Nazi. Yeah. So uh, I think it again. It looks like a lot of fun, but I don't know. It's, it's for me personally. I'm not the type of person who's going to go and pre-order this game or who's going to go and buy it on on release day. You know, I'm going to wait and see. And I'll probably get it, like you said, backlog. Steam sale next year or something. Yeah. Know, Steam summer sale. Something around that. Because again, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I don't want to give an honest like opinion of it um, mm-hmm. because I don't feel like it's my place to. Like, I haven't played all of the old ones. I haven't gone back and done all of that. So I, I'm kind of taking shots in the dark here. I mean, you know what type of game you like. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, see, I didn't play through. All, I have played the Bioshock games, but I haven't played all the way through them. Um, which they're fun, and I like that they even switched up a little bit by giving you some, like, you know, all the superpowers and, and all that stuff, and that's really cool. Um, I did see Co Carnage playing a little on Twitch. So, uh, I don't know. What I did see when I was watching him, he was running around with a machine gun shotgun. Interesting. It, it, it was more like a Gatling gun, shotgun, because the barrel would turn and it would shoot another one and it would load in that chamber that was empty. Right. It, but it was like triangle shaped, so it kept spinning while he was shooting and it was just like a fully auto shotgun. Mm-hmm. So I do hope they kind of take that history of, um, you know, the Germans being, you know, really high tech for their time when, when the Nazi regime was around. You know, they were really... Um, pushing to make scientific advances that, you know, the, the space race was going on. They were trying to, like, outbeat us with technology. Um, but I feel like had they won, they would have kept going with that, you know? And it would have... It's interesting to kind of think alternatively what they would have come up with had their scientists not all been killed. Yeah, exactly. If it was in, a, in an alternative world. I mean, we can get into the his, history of it all, but like you said, it's interesting to see how... This game builds that world, you know, builds that uh, what if Nazis had won World War II world. So uh, the last thing we had on the list, uh, there's a couple of TV shows or I guess a TV show and a movie coming out. Um, Stranger Things 2. Super excited about that. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. I just wanted to say it's happening. Yeah, Stranger um, Things it's, 2 it's is coming out now. It's out now. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. now you can go and watch it. I know someone who finished all of it by like five o'clock this morning <laughs> we watched God. all like nine episodes just like binged it um damn uh and then jigsaw i'm not a huge saw fan because it's not really scary as much as it's just like straight it's score it's score <laughs> porn but um that's but yeah the franchise too. has been the franchise has been gone for a little while and yeah, i think it needed that break i think it got to the point where we were all like what another saw movie oh it was but, like you said it was just it, I mean, <clears throat> it's just gore porn and it was just like gore porn every year you know here's another freaking jigsaw or another saw movie um and there's only like so much we can take exactly. but uh i guess since we're done talking about releases let's talk about a huge announcement nintendo made mm-hmm. which i think yeah. a lot of people are downplaying a little bit but animal crossing pocket camp is coming out on mobile devices and yeah, this November, just not even a couple weeks away, really. And uh, that's it's uh, it follows in the vein of Super Mario Run and uh, what was it? Fire Emblem Heroes uh, getting their mobile releases. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple other ones, too. There's like a, a, a little Pokemon battle game um, where you kind of like collect and, and fight Pokemon, but not in like an open world like normal game is and then there's like Magikarp Jump which is just an idle kind of game um but I've been playing through uh Fire Emblem Heroes it's fun um it keeps that kind of whole like Fire Emblem kind of feel to it uh you know where it's like a tactic based RPG kind of thing 
Um, but it definitely does that whole kind of like mobile game, unlock all the collectibles, right, you of know, course. spend yeah. money to unlock more stuff. Um, but that being said, they don't make it hard for you to unlock the stuff. So if you want to spend money on it, it feels like you you can, but you won't miss anything if you don't. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that's what they do with Animal Crossing here. I think it's naive to think that, that this is just going to be a completely free game. You know, and that nothing not, is going to... Right. Um, but I, I'm kind of... I haven't... Let's, let me see. Uh, I'm nervous to see what happens uh, with the microtransaction and the in-app purchase. Um, well, what is it? I mean, and like you said, I, th- I think it will be modeled off after the Fire Emblem Heroes. I think it'll be kind of right. similar to where it's microtransactions. Um, and they kind of things to help you progress through the game. Uh, but I doubt it'll be like Super Mario Run, where it was like, here's a, a little free sample, but if you want to play the actual game, you got to buy it. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, in Mario Run, I don't know. I felt like it was a teaser, and that kind of disappointed me, and I feel like it disappointed a lot of people. And so I feel like Nintendo is kind of, you know, tried to make the push of saying, okay, like, people are going to play phone games. They're going to want to not pay anything and have the option to pay for something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's 100% right. And I think Fire Emblem Heroes is doing very, is very successful. Uh, oh, from, yeah. Oh, actually, right from what I'm reading right here, it's more successful than Super Mario Run was. Um. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Super Mario Run... It just, it was short-lived. Like, even if you bought the game, you would have finished it in a day and then felt like, why did I spend the money on it? Because um, I know a couple people, like, at work that, you know, spent money, they played through it, and then a week later, they didn't have it on their phone anymore. And it was a $10 game. That's a lot for a phone, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they kind of missed the mark. It was a great idea. Um, honestly, it's I not thought a it Mario was worth... game, though, right? It doesn't feel the same as old. No, like, really, it's, it's, all they all they needed to do was re-release. Right, exactly. All they needed to do was re-release like Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario World, which it, put one of those on 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 mobile and people would buy it. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, update the graphics if you want. Yeah, I mean, use the Super Mario Run graphics. Just make it an actual Mario game. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, let me see. I'm trying to get the article up on Pocket Camp so we can give you guys all the details. I'm pulling up the Verge article right now. Nintendo has announced, uh, yeah, so it will be coming out on iOS and Android in late November. The title looks just, it really does, it looks just like the other Animal Crossing games mm-hmm. on a small and that, scale. And that, that's huge. I think it's that's the same with Fire Emblem success, is that it's so similar to the actual game. Right. It's just, you know, maybe there's microtransactions. Which, I mean, we haven't seen a legitimate Animal Crossing game in a while. Since, what, uh, there wasn't one on mm. Wii U. They made, like, a party type, Mario Party type of Animal Crossing game. Well, it looks like 3DS New Leaf was, the, I think, New Leaf was the last. Right. It's a 3DS game. It appears that the main focus of Pocket Camp will be, like, crafting furniture from materials that you find around the various areas. And uh, your camper van is going to be like your home that you can customize just as you'd expect with any Animal Crossing game. Right, I think that's exactly it. It it is like any other Animal Crossing game, basically. The Verge also says you are able to meet up with other players from your friends list and trade items. The game features free-to-play staples uh, like countdown timers and microtransactions, as you'd expect. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a good direction to go in. I do like that they kind of made it, you know, like a campsite because it adds a little bit of, okay, it's still in your phone. You know, it's not a huge console mm-hmm. release or mm-hmm. anything. It's not even a, a handheld. It's not a full game, you know. Right. Uh, but what I do kind of have some reservations about uh, are kind of the scale of it. Like, how many random animal people are going to be walking around that are going to get mad at me if I don't check in with them every day. 
Right. Are we going to have Tom Nook? Is he going to be <laughs> charging me for my campsite? You know, like, which I mean, from right. the pictures and stuff, it looks like it's going to be a good bit. And it, it does still, of course, say that there's going to be fishing and catching bugs and collecting fruit. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's the, the typical, yeah. the typical stuff. Right. But I'm interested to see, uh, like, what it is that's going to be locked behind the paywall. paywall. I mean, is it going to be, is it going <clears> to <throat> be the, like, like things that are necessary or is it going to be kind of like fire emblem heroes how here you go here's like something that will refresh every day that you kind of have to just wait I, for i think it will fall into that category i i I'm, i almost guarantee you it will fall into that same model i would think that where it's we're going to put a time restriction on this. If you want to get rid of the time restriction, you can pay real money. Or if you want more of whatever this type of thing is, you can pay more money, but you can also go out and get it. It's just, it'll be things will be hot. will be behind time. We'll be behind timers. And because previously the only currency we had was like the bells. And those bells were like how you paid Tom Nook, how you bought stuff. It was it. So I'm wondering if like, in the game, you collect like natural resources like wood or fish and all that. You can sell it for bells, or if you want to spend the ten dollars to get a thousand bells, you can do that. Right, right. I think that's probably probably that seems like the most likely way that they would go about doing it, in my opinion. That's but, that's what I'm hoping they do, right? Let's hope they do it right. Because I loved Animal Crossing. I had the first one on GameCube, I had the second one on Wii. It was such a good time. Just a cute, fun little game. Um, yeah, know, it's I'm very really interesting. It. It's 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 interesting that they're bringing it to the public. It's very interesting. Uh, um, and it's it's like it's exciting to see Nintendo going more into the mobile because I think that that there's a lot of games that they make that would fit really really well uh, in the mobile marketplace. Right. So I do feel like this is Nintendo doubling down more on the kind of mobile game market, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a direct ref- reflection of like East Asia taking strides to boost mobile gaming. Um, I know Alibaba is looking into, has what donated a bunch of money. I don't remember the numbers on it, but they're really trying out in East Asia to boost mobile gaming. And yeah, they're I don't investing. Really... They're, they set up a new company. They're basically investing tons of money in companies, and, and yeah, they're looking to make a big push. And it makes sense. You've got, you know, billion plus people, and they all are going to have cell phones. They're not all going to have necessarily like nice computers, or they're not all necessarily going to have uh, Xboxes or Playstations. But they'll all have phones, and that's you know, could you imagine having a billion people all playing your game? I mean, that's if you had a one dollar app and everybody bought it. Uh, I don't know. There's a couple other titles that are coming out out of East Asia. Um, like, uh, there's a new Arc Age mobile game um, that just came out, and it's kind of like another one of those tactic-based. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Hand of God, how you have heroes there in a grid. Kind of how, like, even um, the Fractured But Whole uh, kind of does their fighting system. Yep, yep. Um, let me see. Uh, but it's called, like, Arc Age... Arc Age, Age begins, begins. Um, and it just released, and I mean, that was a huge, uh, huge MMO, kind of like free-to-play, I believe, over um, across the seas, and so for them to release a mobile game, I feel like that's hugely um, important, and uh, Lineage 2, I'm actually on the pre-register for the Lineage 2 Revolution uh, download. So I can't wait to see that. I'm hoping that's got a little more of an MMO feel. I am getting kind of annoyed by all the ads I keep seeing for it online because they're <laughs> kind of ridiculous and they find these people that are nobodies and they keep sticking, making it seem like they're these big dudes, like some guy saying he's going to throw out his PC gaming or his PC console just so he could play this game on his phone more. I'm like, why? Why? What's Stop. You're being a little too much. But it's regardless, the, it does still seem uh like here in the next i i i'll put a five-year timestamp on it um in the next five years we're going to get to the point where uh mobile games 
have surpassed PS2, maybe even Xbox 360, as far as, like, gameplay quality. Now, it does scare me that paywalls will probably yes. still be a thing and will evolve with that as well, but I think that we are on the beginning of a huge push for mobile gaming, and uh, I think it's going to be crazy to see that, I don't know if Game Boy is going to last much longer, or the DS is going to last much longer, like, handhelds, I feel like, are going to go well, no, the way out. With this- I mean, there's the Switch, so I think you're going to see these hybrids yep. like the Switch, or you're going to see PC gaming. Like, I mean, I think that's going to be kind of... And then mobile gaming. And well, I feel like consoles obviously. are still not going anywhere. Um, I do... I would love to see a new console show up, but, uh, you know, like the new Atari yeah. that's kind of being talked about kind of I see quietly... I see what you're talking about, like a new, like a new, new console, like right, like somebody Xbox, stepping up and saying, "Hey, Xbox, hey, PlayStation, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Here's a real console, you know." Um, and then pushing out something that you know can can almost compete with PC gaming. I would love to see a modular console. Uh, a modular console would be. I think that would be a more. I don't know. There's console gamers, people who like console gaming because it's so easy. Well, imagine instead of buying an Xbox, right, but imagine instead of buying an Xbox One, you bought right. the Xbox whatever, and instead of trading it in to get the One X, you know, two years later, you Street just pop like pop the GPU out and stick a new one in it, and boom, there you go. Like, you got 4K graphics, and you didn't have to spend all the money on a new console. Right, right. But, I digress. Um. Mobile gaming, I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of neat things coming uh, to smartphones here in the next mm-hmm. agreed next couple of years as as the technology think, gets better, so will the games for it. Animal Crossing is just another is just another step in that direction, and I think um, Nintendo in general, you can clearly see that they're they're willing to put some put some real effort into mobile gaming. Have you uh, seen any screenshots from it? Because it looks just like Animal yeah, Crossing. It looks, it looks I know. so clean. I know. Um, uh, which they should, I mean, to be fair. Mobile games should be look at least as good as freaking GameCube at this point, right? If not, it really should. Um, yeah, I hope the gameplay holds up, but we'll we'll see. I guess. Um, I guess we'll move on now to uh these new stadiums that are being built. Um, Huge. Huge. I know. Uh, big stadium. (laughs) So the New York Times put the article out, and they were kind of focusing on the uh the new stadium going into Tottenham for the Hotspurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've started to realize, you know, these, uh, sports owners, these team owners that like, there's kind of half the year where you're not using the stadium. Uh, there's only like so many things, right? There's, you've got your, however long your sports season is six months or something, whatever it's seven, eight months, nine months even. Yeah. And you have music every once in a while i mean who's able to sell it, yeah, out it fills stadiums? in those gaps I mean, there's a few you know, people but, yeah but yeah exactly i think that's it is that you can't just rely on that one sports team anymore i mean that's just not going to bring in enough revenue to have this huge like massive facility that takes a lot of upkeep a lot of uh real estate uh there's like so it just doesn't it makes sense that they're going to start to diversify what is able to get in there. And I think gaming is a really great industry for a lot of these stadiums to start looking into uh, as a potential. You know, I mean, it's, it, some of these gaming events are huge. I mean, they're absolutely huge nowadays. Which, I mean, I think lately we've been seeing it uh, with like e's, the, the E-League, Turner's E-League, uh, that's been blowing up lately. Um, and all of the stuff you see on Twitch. And I mean, here in America, we don't see it as much as they do in Europe. But if you go out to like Belgium or even Asia, uh, anywhere in South Korea or China, um, a lot of these like esports events are huge, like absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. Dota 2, like in Southeast Asia, is a phenomenon. Um, and CSGO in Europe yeah. is, is crazy. And, and so. When you're able to charge and fill up a stadium for a video game, it's I think it goes to show uh, 
one, the younger guys that grew up playing video games, like you and myself, um, are now getting to the point where we have money, and if someone's playing a Halo tournament, why not go and check it out, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you're only charging like $15, $20 a ticket. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Um, because compared to a football game or even a, a soccer game down here, you're going to be paying 70 80 bucks light, you know. That's if you get your ticket in time. But, you know, if you wait till the day before the game, you're, you're likely going to be spending $150 just to attend the game. Even worse than that is that, like, um, it's, it's going to be very, it's very expensive to go see these sports teams. And, uh, you know, it's, you don't have that same connection necessarily, which you do in a lot of ways, where it's like, you, uh, you know, you can play these sports and enjoy them. But, right. For people like us who like to play video games a lot, it, it makes sense to be able to like go and see people who are really, really great at these mm-hmm. games, and uh, you know, watch it on watch a them live screen. on a massive yeah. screen with a bunch of other people who are getting into it. So, I mean, that's I think that the potential is so high there, and I, it's just a matter of time before esports get more and more popular, yeah. and that you see it like, in bigger and bigger stadiums. Like I would pay money to watch Destiny Two in 4K on a huge, massive LED screen being able to look at the players that are right there and how they communicate. I feel like the entire atmosphere is almost that of like, you know, a massive um, like wrestling match or um, like a boxing match, like how Vegas handles a show fight versus Mm -hmm. how, you know, you've got all these lights and you've got this big spectacle that goes into it. And the, the whole like look and feel is very like modern and futuristic and it's just, it's got it. It's just in general they have a really cool vibe to them, um, and it's one of those yeah. things that unless you like go and you witness one, like you can't really capture that kind of energy in a bottle right. like that. Right. It's it's. I mean, watching streams is fun, and uh, it, yeah. it's cool to be able to see. Oh, okay, this is learning how to do stuff in games and stuff is fun, but. Uh, it's really cool to be able to actually be there in the again. It's the atmosphere. It's it, that's really what makes like even sporting events. That's what makes them a lot of fun in a lot of ways. It's just being able to go there with all these with so many other people all cheering together and getting really pumped up. Um, I think that's yeah. I mean, it's a matter of time before we're gonna see like I think we'll see esports leagues in in a relatively not too too far off. Like this exactly the same way sports. Um, that's definitely, and that's kind of like happening now. If you follow the circuit, which it's a little harder to keep up with, um, because it's so spread out internationally. But like, it, well, it's I, like every game has its right, own. Right, exa- but I mean, there there's like umbrella teams that then hire in the people mm-hmm. to fill out. So like, I mean, you can look across the board, and Cloud Nine's got, you know a Call of Duty team, they've got a Halo team, they've got a League team, they've got a Dota team. I, I think they've even got, like, Glory. you want to talk about mobile gaming and esports. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's getting to this point. What, we saw somebody that used to work for HLN is now over doing, right, know, doing sports commentating on a Twitch Exactly. I and mean, I, that's my it. mind was blown. Um, but, I mean, it's still... I think, like I said earlier, a lot of cool things are going to be happening here in the next few years as far as gaming goes. I think we, the ones that grew up with it, are now coming into the positions of power where we can actually do things like that, you know. Uh, and so I think it's a matter of time before, um, you know, football and video gaming are kind of on the same kind of competitive level. Well, you're seeing some soccer teams, like, will start their own FIFA team. So, I mean, I you're really that. seeing, like, yeah, I mean, it is, like, um, uh, the, the world's changing. The world's changing, you know? Um, and so I think it eventually it's going to turn to this digital age where sports is gaming. I mean, Paris Saint-Germain, a massive soccer club, massive football club, they have a team, seventy uh, an esports team. The 76ers, apparently. What? Have a 2K team? That's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I still think it's absolutely astounding that uh, these stadiums are now being built with uh, with gaming in mind. So I think from that, we should move on down to uh, 
our more controversial topic today. <laughs> Probably the most the most controversial topic of the day. We're running out of time a little bit, so yeah. Uh, yeah. EA, do they kill game developers? Does EA Question kill mark? game developers? Specifically, do do they kill single player game developers? Because I think that's really where we see EA. Uh, <laughs> It's a long list, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't you go two. ahead and read some of them off? Uh, I'm, my computer's being a little slow. So. Well, we got, I mean, Visceral Games. Okay, the makers, uh, they were working on, apparently working on a Star Wars single-player game. That got, the studio got shut down. Those I mean, guys made game, Dead Space, right? Dead Space, exactly. Uh, Hugely successful. They did The Sims 3 Ambitions, apparently. They did what? Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah. They did Battlefield Hardline. Dante's Inferno, I did enjoy. That game was intense. Which game? Hardline? Uh, Dante's Inferno. Uh, Hardline, my mom's been playing through. She enjoys. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, wow, so I, that's crazy. I didn't realize they'd made some of those games. Um, the, the next company, Origin Systems, which did the Ultima RPGs. I don't know if uh, the Ultima games. I did not personally, yeah, but I did I didn't play. Personally, but they also made Wing Commander Star Wars game, which I did uh, play. Yeah. So I mean, or not Star Wars? Excuse me, they weren't Star Wars games at all. Just the Wing Commander games, which <laughs> I don't know if you ever played Wing Commander's games, but they're cool. They were old. Those are nine. Those are like early nineties games, but they were they were from uh, those were Chris Roberts games. So I don't know if you know about. Star Citizen, but yeah, 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 for sure. So, Star Citizen, huge title. Uh, what ten years in the making now? <laughs> right, completely different start, topic. Did he start Star Citizen because EA killed his studio? No, I don't believe. Well, because that timing sounds no. about right. No, because he left. Uh, Chris Roberts left Ultima in 1996. Apparently, EA uh... didn't shut them down until 2004. Gotcha. Um, Bullfrog Productions. These are like early '90s. Mm-mm. Magikarp Syndicate, Theme Park, and Dungeon Keeper. Oh, early. They were I mean, I, I feel like I can see the uh, logo in my head right now. Well, they were shut down oh, in no, 2001. I'm totally so wrong. they're <laughs> 2001. They're old. Yeah. Um, oh, they merged into EA UK. In, in, right. Uh, so. I feel like Basically, that's what they, they did what doing. they've done with Visceral. Exactly. That's what they did with Visceral is they just took the best developers and spread them out. Oh, that's um that's Peter Molyneux's company. <laughs> Which one? Which one is? Uh Bullfrog. Bullfrog? Yeah. yeah. So, yes, so Peter Molyneux um is most known for Lionhead Studios now. He was Oh right, yes, okay, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he Light and Dark, right. right. Yeah, when when he left Bullfrog in '97, he made Lionhead, which then went on to make Fable, which um, then the went on to Fable. also crack fail. <laughs> which I mean, Fable is good. I know, but uh, let's let's keep talking about Microsoft how EA, right? So yes, EA kills Microsoft. Oh, they did uh, Westwood. They did Black and White. Yeah. Westwood Studios. I don't know if you've ever played. Uh, Eye of the Beholder games. Oh, they made Command and Conquer. Command like, and Conquer. What do yeah. I know Westwood from? I'm like Command and Conquer. They made the Command and Conquer games. They bought Westwood. They bought Westwood in '98 and shut them down in 2003. Can you imagine owning a game studio for five years and that's it? Like, come on, this is just. Um, which Vine or Westwood uh merged with Virgin Games. Westwood uh, Virgin did. Entertainment, and, yeah, and so Westwood, that's even more like astounding that Virgin had a gaming company. It merged <laughs> yeah. with Westwood, and then they shut it down. And then yeah, um, <laughs> I the Beholder, The Legend of uh, Kirandia, Dune, the whole Dune series, um, and Command and Conquer. Games. Yeah, Command so, and Conquer, man, those are great. I played all, all, most of Command and Conquer back when I was a kid, so. Yeah, uh, Mythic Entertainment, also Age of Camelot, uh, Warhammer mm. Online, Age of Reckoning in 2008. Well, I guess if they weren't succeeding as MMOs, like that was a time period when WoW was running 
the MMO market. And anybody that tried to compete failed because they did it so perfectly. Um, and so, yeah, you saw things like Dark Age of Camelot and Warhammer Online that all tried to show up. And, or, I mean, Camelot was around before, but like, I don't know. They they all kind of just, they lost their player base because WoW did a really good job. And that was too good, yeah. WoW was way too popular. And I mean, I played it back then, up until Burning Crusade, and it was good it was a grind and it ate up time and it got me through some summers <laughs> that i wasn't able to do a whole lot you know like when you're 13 14 and you just like you're not cool enough to have a friend that drives yet <laughs> but all your friends still want to play video games so yeah we, we all played wow it was fun no i know wow i mean that wow definitely had people love world of warcraft that's going I mean, to go down in history as one of the most loved games yeah. ever. But, I mean, look at this. Okay. Uh, Origin Bullfrog Westwood Mythic. They Dude. also shut down Maxi, Maxis. Maxis. Which, like, the right, Sims. Right, did Spore. Sim City. And, yeah, and the Sims. Right. They shut down. So did they all, shut it down or companies. dissolve it? These are all companies that they've bought and shut down. Developers. This, this is shut down. They shut them down. Uh, Kesme. Which did Island of Kesme in '85, apparently. Hmm. Um, an Air Warrior. They bought them in '99 and shut them down in 2001. Why are you buying these companies? What? What's the point? I mean, if you're, why are you buying these studios? It's like they're buying. They're either buying failing studios. I, I, that's the only thing I can imagine. Is some of these studios are not. EA is buying them not so much to like. They're buying them for intellectual property, I think, some of the time. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. Totally. It's got to be what it that's is. What I was, that's what I've been thinking this whole time, is that it comes down to two things. One, IP. Two, staffing. So they're finding these studios that have really ambitious designers and really uh, talented you know, people working for them with like good ideas and strong abilities. And then they pull them in, and then whoever kind of starts slacking over the years, they just kind of, like, weed them out. And I think they want big franchises, too. Like, if they've got a, they, you know, the more franchises they own, the better it is for them. Um, yeah, because so they also cause keep cracking money in. Pandemic, which made the original Star Wars Battlefront games. Mm-hmm. They've they also, got the Star Wars IP now. Well, EA bought them in 2008, shut them down in 2009. I can only assume that was a, they wanted Battlefront. Yeah, and they've got it. And I think that's what we're seeing. I think it's a matter of time before they start running out of original ideas, and then they're going to start going back to some of those old IPs that they bought out. Yeah, probably. So, you know, a new school Command & Conquer coming out. Um, Who knows, maybe uh Another like Dark Age of Camelot, maybe I don't know. I, I we went through so many. Now I'm starting to get what all they have. I know They've exactly. Got a lot. I mean, they have a lot. I, and DreamWorks Interactive is the last one um, uh, on here, which cre- uh, created the original Medal of Honor. Um, hmm. So I don't know if you remember Medal I, of Honor. I do. No, I I, yeah. I had like what Medal of was it Brotherhood or something. I remember I, I remember what? playing the original Medal of Honor, and I mean that's that's the original Call of Duty, you know, Medal right. of Honor. Was, oh yeah, was the original sure. Call of Duty. I mean, that um, was it. I had uh, Frontline on the GameCube and Rising Sun on the GameCube, which <laughs> just if you want to know, JJ Games is selling for four seventy and seven twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they were good. They were good. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like it's it's a weird kind of moment right now in game. Um, as much as I'm excited about the future, I feel like the current state of things uh, is kind of weird because you have these big-name publishers that are kind of driving content right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the other side of it, you have these indie publishers who are coming out with, you know, either really interesting tech, or a really solid, well-thought-out world or idea, and they're mm-hmm. running with it. So looking at, like, PUBG, you know, Battle Royale things, they've been out, but they were the ones that said, let's give nobody anything, 
Palgia, PUBG, I think, is the original. I mean, they are going to be remembered as the original, like Battle Royale. Yeah. Battle Royale. Um, and that's it. It's like it's a very successful game from an independent studio because it's such a unique gameplay. Right. I think, like you said, is two. There's two ways to go about it. You can either have like an extremely polished game, like Cuphead or something like that. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, the game's extremely well polished and put together. And that'll be successful as an indie game, or you have something that's just so unique that it's able to like catch. No Man's Sky, <laughs> right? Which was well. disappointing on the gameplay level, but the massive scale of it was what right. drove it. it right. The, the idea generation is, it was very unique. Yeah. Again, that was interesting tech. So, yeah, yeah, like you said, it, there's two ways, you know, tech and innovation, or making something that hits a really specific niche but is well done i think those are where you're gonna see indie games will continue to flourish and i think indie games are gonna be a very big part of our of the industry going forward oh yeah <clears throat> um i don't know i feel like people are starting to lose faith in a lot of these big name publishers um um i i look at mass effect andromeda Something that, because of its marketing budget, and because they had so much money to try to sell the game to people online, um, we all thought it was going to be amazing. You know, they did everything they could to make us think the game was going to be great. And then it shipped with a lot of bugs. A month out, they said, we're not putting any more content out for the game. Um, and it just... It was empty. A lot of the game was empty. Yes, and I understand yet. Yes, we're going to all these, you know, newly discovered planets and we're trying to find a place to live. But it was the same everything, everywhere you went. I mean, it was the same monsters. And uh, it was like uh, the environments, sure, they looked nice. I think that was like the, bit, the only thing about that game that really like, yeah, the, some of the environments looked really nice. And, and the jet flat, the jet pack was a lot of fun. Yeah. Outside of that, that game. Oh, and, and the poor the facial rover. animations, obviously. Yeah, the rover was not bad. Uh, it had poor facial animations. It had poor uh, AI and enemies in general. And I thought poor I'd writing. never say that of a Mass Effect game. No, but it did have a poor, especially the main story. I mean, it was a bland, boring, copy and paste story. I mean, it, it really, really was a pretty disappointing yeah. overall, I think. Right. Again, I think that there's two really redeeming things. The, the jetpack was a lot of fun to play around with. And the... Uh, and the worlds looked nice. They just weren't done properly. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like we kind of said earlier with Ubisoft. Um, here they are again. And I guess as um, AC Origins continues to kind of like shell itself out and come to light, we'll see. But here we are again, where they're putting out another Assassin's Creed title. Um, something that you know, has been beaten <laughs> beaten dead several times and keeps coming back, right? Um, and why? Like, why hasn't Ubisoft spent some time to actually try to come up with a new IP? You know, they did Watch Dogs. <laughs> which was exactly the same as every other game they make. Like, sure. I have Watch well, Dogs 2 sitting right back here, and it feels very... The only thing that feels different is, okay, now I can hack things. Um... And it's third person, but it feels like Far Cry. But so it's Assassins. It's, it's Assassins. Right, but, I mean, but that's what, Assassin's I, Creed. what I was getting was that it feels like Far Cry, but third Assassin's person. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's like a mesh of the two, right. and like it shouldn't be like that. You know, I shouldn't pick up one of their games, play it, and say this feels just like another one of your games. I'm sorry, but you have all these studios all over the the world. Stop telling them to make the same things and push them to make new IP. Push them to make something different, something like Nintendo did with Breath of the Wild or the new Mario Odyssey. You know, give me something different so I don't feel like I'm playing another Ubisoft game. Because at yeah. this point, it's boring, it's dry, it's repetitive. Um, I'm over it. Ubisoft over, does I'm it. Over. I mean, Warner Brothers kind of. I still feel like Shadows, uh, Shadow of War is really nice. Um, yeah, but it, it 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 does the same thing. I because I'm yeah. not gonna give Warner Brothers a pass when we're doing it to Ubisoft. I would say they they both. I think all almost all studios probably and publishers, well, all studios probably do it where they 
you know, it's like, oh, this is a great feature from that game. We're going to use that in our game, too. Do you think it's laziness? Do you think it's just them not wanting to develop a new engine for another game? So they just recycle the same game engine and that just makes it all feel the same? Part of it. I think part of it is like is that like we want to have this mechanic in our game, but someone else has already done it. So let's just take it from them, which I don't think I don't even necessarily want to say that is laziness. because I think that's not necessarily a bad idea. Is it resourcefulness? Uh, yeah, uh, but that's it. It's like, at what point does it go from being <laughs> resourceful to being lazy? Lazy, exactly. Um, um, I feel like if you want to highlight, again, Nintendo, if you want to highlight any other studio, though, I'm well, going Square to say Enix. Square Enix. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, see, okay, Square Enix did Nier Automata. I haven't played completely. I mean, I haven't either. It's been getting crazy good reviews. Everybody that's played it says they love it. Um, it it's, uh, but that's a single-player story. Um, maybe co-op, but regardless, it's a linear story that kind of has, uh, you know, a different kind of feel to it. It's all like robots. Mm-hmm. Kind of different, but... Uh, where's the game? Um, but even like they are kind of playing some fan favorites lately by coming out with like Final Fantasy XII um, remastered. Uh, but even what they've been working on the Final Fantasy VII HD for a long time, and it's going to be a completely different game than Final Fantasy VII was, you know, twenty years ago, nearly twenty, whatever, how long ago it was. Um, <laughs> but if you look at Final Fantasy fifteen, um. They spent 10 years developing that engine, you know, know. and 10 years trying to make something new out of it. Yes, they're probably going to recycle it with a couple of things. Um, I think Final Fantasy VII HD is going to be running on that same engine. Um, But they're changing up the world so much that it won't feel the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. Uh, From what I've seen of it. But then you look at stuff like Dragon's Quest Heroes. Like, each one of their kind of, like, IPs that they own, like Kingdom Hearts, Near Automata, Dragon Quest, each one feels substantially different from the other. As far as gameplay goes. I, I will say, 15 kind of does feel like, uh, kind of does feel like, um, Kingdom Hearts. But, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll see what the new Kingdom Hearts is actually <coughs> like, you know, because that's, that's, that's still a little bit of a ways away. So, we'll, we'll see what that Kingdom Hearts 3 ends up. Looking like, well, I think that's that's about it, though, for this week, eh? Yeah, I mean, I could keep talking about the publishers and the current state of games, but I, I feel like, you know, let's let's strive to see some more of those Nintendos. Let's strive. I, I, I want to challenge developers to strive to be, you know, more original. Um, try mm-hmm. to, Agreed. you know, step out of your box that you've made yourself and put yourself in. Uh, and publishers too. No, like, I mean, I'm looking I would, at this like, list, and I'm like, "What they did? Life is strange." They mm-hmm. well, murdered. Right. And see, they didn't develop like, all those. They published some of them. Some of them are just right. published. So, like, Life is Strange is developed by Deck Delta. Nine, but Deck Nine. Okay. Yeah, Deck Nine currently. Regardless, nine. yeah, that's the only thing they've made is Life is Strange. So, um, I think it's as a publisher you should start seeking. Don't. Don't sell your package to somebody and say, make a game like this. No. Let's see some new content. Let's see some IPs. Well, in, like, do... in, in, EA, in, in EA's case, like, don't give, give them the freedom that they need. Like, if, if, a, if a company's a developer is going to be successful, they need freedom. They need to have creativity. They need to be able to, like, know that they ha- someone has their back at the same time. You know, and, and I think EA is the type of company who goes in and doesn't have people back and it's like we need this now like do get this done get that done instead of being like okay you know like it instead of wanting to see something truly new and unique they want to make money and that's fine i understand it they're a company that's their main objective but that doesn't mean you end up with it doesn't mean they make great games or you don't end up with great well I think that's it for this week. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter at World Gaming Champs and make sure to like and subscribe to 
this video on YouTube. Um, we do have plans to launch this channel on Twitch in the near future. We already have the page up, so if you want to go ahead and, and find us on Twitch, give us a like. Um, and the audio version of this podcast will be available shortly. Uh, tune in next week for more real-world Gamecast. And don't forget to get out in the real world. <laughs>